Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Out of the gates for hour number two, Outkick 360 rolls on with Chad Withrow. I'm Jonathan Hutton in New York City. We are in the Fox Studios, Brian Kilmeade studio. Uh, where we promised we would leave it as we found it. He's got the morning show here, and we dove in uh, and took over the cameras for Outkick 360. Uh, now through Thursday, uh, Chad, we're right here in Manhattan. Yeah, and a big thanks uh, to Fox for giving us a home this week while we're here. Also, big thanks to Hollywood, who we met. Uh, and the name Hollywood has one of the best origin stories uh, that you'll ever hear. I'll let him tell that. Jason Todd who are in here with us today, Kelly Dixon, uh, who's been a big help to us in Nashville without kick for getting all this arranged. So we didn't have to miss any days on the show. You know, we're up here uh, for business with Barrett Sports Media and the Summit, but we get to do the show every day from this beautiful uh, Fox News radio studio. So we are thankful for that. PK uh, will join us. He will be live in Indianapolis. You've already heard from him and from um, Pete Prisco earlier in the show. If you missed that, you can hit the podcast wherever you download your audio. Uh, coming up in the final hour, uh, 5 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Central, uh, he will give us uh, tidbits from the morning and afternoon sessions from general managers, head coaches, and more. We'll get Paul's report there. Plus, uh, we'll have Falcons head coach Arthur Smith on today's program. Speaking of Hollywood, John McClain joins us each and every week at this time. Uh, he's covered the league for nearly five decades, and he joins us via Zoom. John, hope you're doing well. I'll tell you the best thing about you guys being in New York is you both look very spiffy. <laughs> and if I knew you were going to dress up, I would have wore a sports coat, too. <laughs> I I'll bet you Paul doesn't have one on. No, he does not, uh, and rightfully so. You know you know how Radio Row is at the Combine. And, uh, John, honestly, I thought we'd take the sports codes off, but we faked our way you know, in here with our, with our badges, and we felt like it was necessary to keep and them on. And, John, off. you know TV people, and when you're around a TV production, I mean, everyone around here uh, is dressed to the nine. So we, we felt like we had to fit in <laughs> in some way. So that's why we're, we just kept the sports coats on. I, we thought you would approve. Yeah, well, where are your clip-on ties? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, John, uh, a lot to get to today. Um, we've heard from some G- G- some GMs. Um, we've heard from some coaches. Again, Arthur Smith's coming up later on today's show. Uh, I guess the biggest news that affects the NFL immediately is Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have shoulder surgery or had shoulder surgery, and that's that's big news because it impacts what they could potentially get in return for him and what the market may end up being for Jimmy G. Kind of reminds me when Drew Brees had shoulder surgery when he was leaving San Diego, and a lot of teams were scared away by that, and New Orleans wasn't. And they signed him, and it turned out to be one of the greatest moves in history. If you'll remember, Nick Saban 
in hindsight, claims that he wanted Drew Brees in Miami. The GM at that time was Randy Mueller, gave him uh, Dante Culpepper coming off a knee injury, and the rest is Alabama history. Can you imagine how coaching would have changed, not just in the SEC, but college football overall, if Nick Saban had gotten Drew Brees and Drew Brees would have been as good with him as he was with the Saints and how Saban may never have made it to Alabama. It's a great hypothetical, Chad, because, I mean, think about the other college coaches who would be national champions right now instead of Nick Saban winning all those titles. Yeah, who would have stepped up? Would someone have uh, had a Saban-sized void to fill? And there would have been one or probably multiple coaches you know, that would have stepped into that uh, realm. It, it, it is incredible to play that hypothetical. John, i got another hypothetical for you. Uh, hypothetically, if Kyler Murray fired his agent, uh, would that be a good move after that press release statement from his agent? And how strange is it that his agent reps both him and Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach of the Cardinals? Murray's agent, Eric Burkhardt from Select Sports Group, who lives in Dallas, he, he, and, he and Cliff Kingsbury are best friends. They were roommates at Texas Tech. And um, it was a natural because Cliff Kingsbury saw Kyler Murray play, and he wanted him with that first overall pick when he left USC, had a cup of coffee there, to go to the Cardinals. And he convinced Steve Kime, the GM, Michael Bidwell, the owner, we got to have this quarterback for my system. And it worked out well, but right now things are not going very smoothly. And I'll guarantee you, Eric Burkhardt did not put out that statement without telling Cliff Kingsbury about it, no matter if Kingsbury said he didn't know anything about it. It's 9,000 words. And I'll guarantee you Kyler Murray knew it was going to put it out. And Murray will get a new contract at some point, but he ain't getting $40 million a year because he's not worth it. If I'm Murray, I go back and play. They're going to pick up the fifth-year option. Then they get franchise in two years. So he's stuck there for four years if he wants out. But I think he should go back and have a good season. Don't fold at the end of the season. Don't have a pathetic playoff game. And maybe Kingsbury and Murray turn it around. And then next year, you go into the offseason loaded with ammunition to make you more than $40 million because the, the price for quarterback goes up every time somebody signs one. A lot of people thought the Bills were crazy to sign uh, Josh Allen a year ago to a record-breaking contract, and they looked like geniuses. But Allen had continued to improve, and Murray did not this season. Yeah, maturity, uh, calm under pressure, leadership. I mean, those are the qualities I would be looking for after year three in order to go ahead and go forward with a big contract extension. We saw that with Josh Allen. Patrick Mahomes comes to mind. There are others, but we didn't see it. Uh, I, I don't know where Murray's coming from on demanding. Not, he hasn't demanded it, but he's, his actions speak as though he wants the contract extension now as opposed to later. They're going to pick up the fifth-year option. He's going into year four, John. But other quarterbacks have been in his uh, position too. Lamar Jackson is a former MVP. And he's about to have his fifth-year option picked up unless they negotiate that contract. You've got uh, what has gone on with Baker Mayfield. There are other examples here. Um, I don't know where he looks at the landscape and thinks, you know what, the contract extension is going to happen. And, oh, by the way, Cardinals, it's going to happen right now. Well, that's fine and dandy that he wants it. That's fine and dandy that he's demanding it. But it doesn't mean he'll get it. So what is he going to do, sit out? 
He very well could. Maybe he will. That's their only alternative. And I'm for all players getting as much as they can, including Kyler Murray. But if he's trying to be like paid one of the top five quarterbacks, he's not worth it. I don't even know if he's worth being among the top ten. That's why he'd be wise to go back, play another season, prove himself, have a great season, help him make the playoffs in a tough division, win a playoff game, finish strong, and then get a record-breaking contract in 2023. John, many are saying what Michael Bidwell, the owner of the Cardinals, had to say about Cliff Kingsbury on uh, local radio was a vote of confidence. And and going back and reading it, he, he essentially said, hey, this guy needed time to adjust to the NFL. And, and now he's got it, and we're going to see big things from him. I didn't take that as a vote of confidence as much as I did Bidwell trying to explain away why Kingsbury's coming back for year four and why fans should be excited. No, well, he's never going to get fired. What they should talk about is how they started when they were 7-0 and and the hottest team in the league. And then they've got to spend a lot of time analyzing why Cliff Kingsbury, going back to Texas Tech, has struggled in the second half of every season. And I've never seen a stat like that. And he can get away with it at Texas Tech, and he's gotten away with it so far. But that can't happen again. If it does, he'll be out after – four seasons they'll be looking for another coach but right now it's not how you do as we always talk about in september and october it's how you do it november december now with 17th game january and they have been just the opposite of that old adage it's what you do late not early well and john going back to just the murray piece of this i think the most unfortunate part of it is his reputation as a quarterback leader of the organization and team has taken a hit, and it's been mostly self-inflicted. You know, pulling down the social media stuff was just an immature move that he knew what the reaction was going to be. Then he releases a statement that says, I'm not about that drama and that life, but didn't explain why he took down everything on social media. Now he's got his agent talking about how great a leader he is, even though he was able to put a statement out, but then his agent has to put the statement out, praising him as a leader. I didn't have a lot of uh, ill will or bad feelings towards Kyler Murray. In fact, I think most of America watched that playoff game and thought it was a really bad game plan by Cliff Kingsbury. And now suddenly Kyler Murray has turned the attention to him, and it's not in a good way. I don't like the way they've gone about it. I think if you want a contract, you try to do it behind the scenes, and then if you don't get it, maybe you go public later. It's way too early. They're acting like they're going to pressure the Bidwell family into giving them $40 million a year, whatever it is they're looking for. That's not the way you go about it in the NFL. You want to pressure them, don't show up when you're supposed to show up, and you better hope you put away a lot of money in the bank because those game checks don't start until the regular season begins. So there's a lot of time for rhetoric and doing silly things and immature things. And writing, although, tell you what, somebody said it was a 9,000-word statement that Eric Burkhardt yeah. put out, 9,000 words. I don't, I've never written 9,000 words on any story I've ever done. And I just, <laughs> I, it's it's like uh, they, pro, let's see, they don't protest too much about what a leader he is and wanting to win a Super Bowl. Well, I, I want to win a Super Bowl, too. I want to lose 100 pounds. But that means it's going to happen. John, it was so long. I, I mentioned on the show yesterday, it reminded me of a Wikipedia page, and you scroll down and you need references to click on to find out what everybody has linked to 
and what they've changed in reference. There were different fonts on this statement and all kinds of stuff. I mean, they they really tried to make this look uh, you know neat and tidy, and instead we're dissecting it uh, across the league right now. John McClain with us. You can follow him on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. John, uh, speaking of contracts, Aaron Rodgers reportedly talking with the Packers about a contract restructuring that would make him the highest paid player, not of all time, but make him the highest paid player for 2022. Patrick Mahomes is currently uh, on the throne for that at $45 million next season. So while uh, Rodgers went on Pat McAfee's show and said, no, I don't want to be the highest paid player in the history of the sport, he didn't deny and didn't bring up the fact that this restructured deal would make him the highest paid player uh, next season. Do you think they get a deal done? And if so, do you see Green Bay being able to do that, plus bring Devontae Adams back either on an extension or on the franchise tag, and then keep things together where they're just as strong as they were the last couple of seasons? I've been saying since uh, the story leaked to Adam Schefter last year that he might retire is all about the money. Because remember, his agent went to Green Bay, tried to negotiate an extension, I think this was in March or April last year, and he went home without an extension, so they wouldn't give Rodgers what he wanted. And then it leaked at Schefter that he was seriously thinking he was going to retire, and it created a firestorm. And so it's always about the money, and I don't care what they say. And so uh, the problem is Cap's going to go up $208.1 million. That's about $26 million increase. You can keep – uh, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. There's moves you can make to cut contracts, push it forward. You're going to have to pay the piper at some point. But I think Packer fans, when they have like 50 million trying to get tickets, you can get away with anything. And they're very knowledgeable and understanding. They know that if they redo contracts and in about three or four years from now, they're going to be so far over, they can't do anything about it. Rodgers is going to be gone. They'll understand. They want him to do that. So, yes, they can have a really good team. Rodgers is the best quarterback right now in the league in regular season, not in postseason. And they're going to pay him a lot. But they don't want him to have 40-something million dollar cap failure. What they should do is give him whatever they're going to give him, extend him like four or five years, prorate that signing bonus, and give it all to him up front, and whatever it is. And, and he's already wealthy. He'll be even wealthier. He doesn't have any kids. He doesn't have a wife. Now he's poor old Aaron. Doesn't even have a girlfriend anymore. So I think it will get done. I've thought that all along, and I haven't seen anything that makes me believe anything differently. John McClain with us uh, covers uh, the league for the Houston Chronicle, TexasSportsNation.com. He joins us from Houston as we broadcast from New York. Coming up, we continue the quarterback discussion. The quarterbacks at the NFL Combine not being hyped to the same level as previous years. We'll get John's take on what's taking place this week and how important it is for this group of that top tier in what could be potentially first-round picks at the quarterback position. We'll get John's take on that from the NFL Combine. And we'll also discuss the other veteran quarterback that's atop the news this offseason. That's Tom Brady, where he was approached by Miami, as was Sean Payton. John gives us his, his take on, on both of those newsworthy headlines coming up across the Outkick Network. This is Outkick 360. News. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie. 
your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. Who's out of Major League Baseball where the MLBPA, they have agreed unanimously not to accept Major League Baseball's final proposal. And that means there's no new deal on a collective bargaining agreement the lockout continues from the owners against the players. And based on the deadline that Major League Baseball had set forth, this means that we could see them cancel opening day, which is right now scheduled for March 31st. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. And according to the deadline that was extended to 5 p.m. Eastern today, the fact that this is now not going to get done, if the players are calling the league on their bluff, it means games will be missed at this point. That's essentially to break it down. It means games are going to be missed. John McClain with us uh, in Houston. John, you have thoughts on, on Major League Baseball and the, the ongoing lockout and the saga that has been their offseason of really nothing happening because they can't come to terms? It makes me sick as a baseball fan. I want to hear the umpire yell, play ball. Every time they do a collective bargaining agreement, it's about money, money, money. They've got a sport that's dying based on the ratings, and they need to find ways to make baseball interesting again. They should be worried about that instead of money. Now, they all both sides make money, but there's a lot of players that make the minimum in baseball, and I'm all for them. I really feel bad for people in Florida and Arizona who make money, businesses, volunteers, people, everybody involved in spring training. And again, they're not going to have one. And I just, it just makes me sick as a fan. And I wish they'd get it done. They will get it done eventually. And I want to see the Braves celebrating their World Series. I want to see if Freddie Freeman is going to re-sign with the Braves or go to the Dodgers. I want to see where Carlos Correa is going to get his $350 million to leave Houston. There's so many interesting things that'll take place in baseball once they reach an agreement. But I'm guessing you guys are like me and everybody else watching and listening. You're tired of it. I had to wait 27 years, John, for my Braves to win a world title and win a World Series. And now the year following that where they could defend that title, we may not have a season. So I'm very depressed by this news. John, at what point, though, do you say, okay, now it's for real? Because I, I'm still not there yet. I, I still don't think they're stupid enough to miss enough time to where it impacts the fan base. 
I think if they actually cancel games, that's when we should start to panic. But they've missed whole seasons before. And the, the union runs baseball. The union runs basketball. In the NFL, the owners run the NFL. That's why they have 10-year CBAs instead of five-year like baseball. John, the uh, the NFL Combine, uh, people are going to sit there and watch. We're going to watch uh, quarterbacks throw. No, Matt Corral's not going to work out. Derek Stingley's not working out at corner out of LSU. There are several others. Uh, but let, let's stick with the quarterback crop this year. There is a a lack of buzz around this group for the first time in a long time. And, and I'm sure you can pull it from from the years where you know, you and I, and I would run into you at the combine, and there, you know, we would always be discussing, you know, within the last decade, there's always that quarterback who has the biggest group around him. Tebow broke the record for the biggest media group that came and heard him speak prior to his workouts. There's no one talking about this group right now. Um, it maybe, maybe we hear one or two guys like a Malik Willis jump out after this week because we'll finally see him and people will learn about him. But what do you think about this quarterback class as we get set for April's draft? If a quarterback jumps out this week, teams ought to be fired if they put any stock in it. There's no excuse for quarterbacks not to jump out. When nobody's rushing them, nobody's covering the receivers, you ought to be able to throw passes to Chadlack in those circumstances, uh, running around in your underwear uh, inside Lucas Oil Stadium. It's just ridiculous. Most people put a lot of stock in the interviews. You get 15 minutes with them. And, and of course, you want to see times. You want to see the cone drills. You know, how often do you see a player do a, a long jump? You know, they still call it a broad jump. It's a long <laughs> jump. I mean, it's so antiquated. It reminds me of baseball. And I'll say this. The, the, what well, we all love speed. And we all love strength. The guy – that's usually the strongest does not make it. And unless you're a Chris Johnson from the Titans, the guys who are the fastest generally don't turn out to be the best players, but it's still, it's a great spectacle. And I love watching it on the NFL network. These quarterbacks teams are desperate and there's people out there like Deshaun Watson, Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe Aaron Rodgers, although I don't buy it. And I would certainly be interested in a proven product before I would one of these guys that you don't know. It reminds me of 2013. Now, this is not going to happen. That was the worst year I've ever seen. E.J. Manuel of Buffalo was the only quarterback taken in the first round, and he was awful, and he proved it when he got to the Bills. It'll be better than that. Three or four of them will be taken in the first round, led by Kenny Pickett. And if you want Malik Willis, you got to be prepared to develop him. And I'll say this, if the combine in 2017 – Patrick Mahomes was looked at as a second-round pick, and Deshaun Watson was looked at as a middle to low first-round pick, and those two didn't turn out too shabby, did they? Uh, absolutely not. Uh, John, I'm going to get your take on a, a two-part uh, on the same question here with, with Sean Payton and Tom Brady in Miami and, and the storylines there this week. Let's start with Sean Payton. If you're New Orleans and – you know that Peyton's not going to come back. Why not entertain the idea of a team trading for his rights? And, and, and they turned they turned down Miami prior to Flores filing the lawsuit. They did not give Miami permission to talk with them. Why not? Well, I have no idea. This is one report. 
and uh, they're never going to say anything about it, of course. If they're going to take picks from the Cowboys next year or the year after, why wouldn't they take them from the Bucs? Other than the fact the Bucs could have had low picks, and maybe the Cowboys will be low too. But the thing about Brady and Peyton, they may have checked that out. And Sean Payton may not have wanted to go there. Sean Payton may rather have gone to TV than go to play coach the Buccaneers because, you know, he wanted to get away from the Saints. I don't blame him considering their salary cap problems and what they have at quarterback. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if he just didn't want to go to Tampa. So they didn't entertain the, any idea about trying to get compensation. Well, you mentioned Tampa. I know you. I know you meant Miami there, and with the Dolphins. I mean Miami. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Of Miami, course. Yes. Of course. And and yeah. and with the Dolphins, do, do the Dolphins do they want Brady to be their quarterback or part owner? Because you can't be both, can you? Uh, I've never seen that before. And uh, the thing about Miami, Stephen Ross, you know, he. I'm guessing maybe he wanted Justin Herbert. And he let him talk him into Tua Tungavailoa. But he pushed hard to get Deshaun Watson. And if that's true, that uh, Brian Flores said that they were trying to tamper with getting a quarterback and everybody says it's Brady, then Stephen Ross is enamored of stars and he's behind it. And uh, if you're Sean Payton uh, and you have had total control of everything in New Orleans, and an owner who spends a lot of money and stays out of the way, would you want to go to Miami and work for Steven Ross knowing what you know? I don't think so. And he's tight with Jerry Jones, and everybody I know says he's going to Dallas, and it sure screw up their plans if the Cowboys do well under Mike McCarthy, what everybody thinks will be his last season. But I tell you what, I could see him working for Jerry Jones, his buddy, before I could see him work for Steven Ross even though he's not going to get the same control he had from New Orleans from either organization. Jerry Stephen Jones are not going to say, okay, we'll put it in writing. You have final say on everything. So, John, there's reports out that Amazon is coming after Tom Brady, among other networks that want him to be on television talking about football. Tom Brady's first post-playing career move is to produce a movie with Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda called 80 for Brady. And he's going to act in that movie as well. Um, a lot of speculation. This was the same with Peyton Manning when he was done. When is he going to get into TV? What is he going to do? I haven't heard as much about television and covering football with Brady as much as we did with Peyton Manning. What do you think about the prospects of Tom Brady getting into an analyst role or calling games for Amazon or, or any network? Chad Lack, he's never given any indication he wanted to do something like that. Even though it's an easy job, they do have to put a lot of time into it, studying rosters, watching tape. They've got to be prepared. You know, if he when if he does that, he's going to be under a microscope. Everybody's going to be watching. And he could be good if he wants to be good. You know, Peyton Manning's a natural. And when Eli's with Peyton, he's a lot better than he is when he's by himself. And Jeff Bezos could offer you $50 million a year if you wanted to. What I would do, if I'm Bezos, I'm calling Peyton first. I'm going to give somebody $50 million. I want a proven product, and nobody's better than Peyton Manning. I don't know about you guys. I have never watched a game where I said, I'm going to watch that game because of the announcer or the analyst. Now, if Peyton or Brady were there, I would, 
watched them because of them, just because I'm fascinated by them, and I think they're great. And I watched the Manning cast, and I thought it was good, although when I wanted to watch football at the end of the year, I did. I watched the game because I wanted to focus on the football. But Bezos can pay him anything, a blank check, whatever he wants. But I'd be really surprised if his first year out of football, when he wants to spend time with his family, if he wanted to do television, knowing how much he would want to put into it to be as good as he could possibly be. You know, I, we hear that Sean Payton's going to be great, and, and his just based on just accounts and listening to him talk and, and discuss the game, I think he will be. Uh, but you mentioned you don't watch games based on the analyst. I would certainly tune in for a handful of people. Tony Romo's one of them because I just find him interesting in how he sees the game. But the Manning cast, I want to know what they're talking about football-wise, not necessarily the interviews. Um, whenever they're talking ball, I'm fascinated by it. I would be, the, of course, with Brady, that would be the same. And that's also a, a validation for Amazon. It's a tip of the cap. It's a look who, look who chose us. You know, we offered this guy, and he chose us over the big networks. That would be a huge signing for Amazon. Oh, my goodness. It would be humongous. And I'll tell you something else. I'm surprised since there's so many people that are wringing their hands that Rodgers may retire that we don't hear, oh, Amazon's considering Aaron Rodgers if he retires. They can pay him $100 a year if Jeff Bezos wants to. That's tip money for everybody else. But we have not heard Rogers' name in any regard of doing TV. I don't know if people think he's too weird or what, but I think he'd be excellent as well. And Romo kind of opened a new door for quarterbacks. I always thought when Troy Aikman played, he was pablum, boring as could be. Then when he got into doing it for uh, TV, turned out he was really good, analytical, pretty opinionated. And Dan Marino, Joe Montana, those guys – uh, weren't as good. You know, people thought, okay, these guys are great players. They're in the Hall of Fame. We're going to hire them. They're going to be tremendous. And they were not. But uh, I think, I do think this, that uh, if if Brady's going to go somewhere, he's going to have to be paid more than anybody in history. And the only person that's going to pay that would be Jeff Bezos at Amazon. How about the the report of what Sean McVay was offered, which was $20 million a year for Amazon, and that it was a five-year contract, so five years, $100 million. Now, I don't know how close of a number that came to, ultimately, that he turned down, but if that's true, John... I mean, how is that worth it? Well, Isn't he, that an amazing number? Well, they can just throw... I mean, think about what Amazon's worth. Yeah, but Amazon paying the NFL is a huge expense to get it, and I'm with John on this. Like, This is getting insane, because I'm watching no matter what. If it's an NFL game and Amazon has to know people are going to watch, I love great commentators and all of that. It's very much supplementary to the game, and it's just an added benefit when you get, you know, Tony Romo and Jim Nance on on a call of a game. That's crazy money to me. But what what they're doing, John, is they're luring the the guys who are still young and in the league to join them instead of continuing coaching, and that would be exactly what McVeigh was doing. Uh, at, at his young age of, what, 37 years old next year. I, I, I only bring this up because he was making reportedly eight and a half to be the head coach of the Rams. Now that he's a Super Bowl champion and he had that offer, do you think that he's now the highest paid coach in the league? Uh, I doubt he's paid as high as Bill Belichick because people think he's paid more than $20 million a year. And Stan Kroenke's a multi-billionaire, but not like Jeff Bezos is. What we think is a lot to us, 
boggles our mind a hundred million dollars. Jeff Bezos probably tips that money every year. <laughs> and but the, and remember, he's willing to pay it because he's trying to drive people to Amazon, not just for shopping, but for all the programming. I'm a big yeah. Amazon fan. I watch a lot of original programming on there, and it's amazing to me how many how many millions that people have scribed up, subscribed to the streaming service. And I think if they had Tom Brady on there, we know they get a lot of New England fans. Number one question on every business's mind should be, how do we get that Bezos money, uh, if that, in fact, is the case? John, you're a Baylor Bear. Sick em. I'll go ahead and get that out of the way for you. Thank um, you, Chad Lack. Yeah. Uh, Art Bryles has now been hired and either resigned or kind of fired twice. Hamilton Tiger Cats and now at Grambling, where Hugh Jackson hired him to be offensive coordinator. And shortly after that, Art Bryles resigns because of the backlash. What do you make of this uh, with Art Bryles? And just in general, your thoughts as a Baylor alum about the possibility of Art Bryles getting another chance to coach somewhere, not even at the highest level, but college football, Canadian Football League, something other than high school or internationally. June Jones was the coach at Hamilton who tried to hire him. June's a good friend of mine I've known since the mid-'80s, and and there was such an outcry up there. The owner of the Hamilton Tiger Cats said no. Remember when Southern Mississippi wanted to hire him, and there was an outcry, and he said no, and he went to a high school in East Texas, and ESPN and all these Houston and Dallas media was going to this little town. How can you hire the guy? I've known Art since he was at the University of Houston, before he went to Baylor, and he's a he's a great coach. There's no doubt he's a great offensive coach, but I don't think the the world as we live in is ever going to allow him a second chance. And I think he understands that. He went to Italy. He doesn't need the money. He walked away with I think 15 million from Baylor, but he's 66 and he wants to keep coaching. And I don't think he'll ever have a chance unless he goes back to some high school that's not. Uh, in an area, metropolitan area, where you've got talk shows and newspapers and websites trashing them, which is what he did up in East Texas. I don't know what happened to that job, but uh, I don't think it's the last we've seen of him. I think it's the last we've seen of him in college, and I think he'll have to go back to high school. John, let's talk a little combine uh, with you. I know, I know you're not there, but you're following uh, everything going on with the combine. Uh, I'm intrigued by Malik Willis. And I know this is a bad year for quarterback, but specifically him, a guy that not everyone was watching every Saturday at a Banner Power 5 program. Malik Willis from Liberty is one to follow throughout this process. What do you think of him and maybe some of the interest around him from teams across the league? A lot of people are trying to compare him to Trey Lance. Well, he's not Trey Lance. Trey Lance played one game his last year at North Dakota State because of the pandemic and then uh, Kyle Shanahan traded three number one picks and he got one back to move up to take Trey Lance at the top of the near the top of the first round and then let him watch last year I saw him beat the Texans and he was okay uh, Texans were within a touchdown in the fourth quarter and then he scored on the run and he, he can move and he's got good size Malik Willis for Liberty where uh, Liberty's AD was AD at Baylor and uh, was fired in disgrace, but yet he was able to get a job. And Malik Willis is shorter. And, you know, size doesn't matter anymore in the NFL. And I think guys like – I remember when Drew Brees came out, 
with Michael Vick. He was measured at six foot and one quarter at the combine, and Michael Vick was measured at six. And both of them had great careers. And then, of course, Russell Wilson, 5'10", but Willis is six foot. And that's what they listed him. I'll be eager to see what his official size is. He's got a great arm. He's a great kid. He's smart. He's a leader. But he's got to be more consistent. And people say, if you take him and you're willing to give him a year or two, he's got a chance to be special. Kenny Pickett at Pitt is the best prospect overall. People talk about his hand size. Hands being too small. Only time I ever hear anything about hand size is at the combine. How many times do we see, boy, he played bad and it's because his hands were too small? No, you don't hear about it. So Kenny Pickett is a top guy. Matt Corral, who watched get hurt and shows so much guts in the Sugar Bowl against Baylor. And I tell you, the fact that he played and got hurt and has come back will earn him a lot of respect. And uh, I think Malik Willis is the most intriguing prospect, and Kenny Pickett is the best prospect. John McClain with us each and every Wednesday at this time. Uh, and you can join him um, on Twitter, at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. John, thank you as always, and uh, we will catch up with you next week. And enjoy the, the combine and all the coverage there uh, from Houston as you sit back and watch it in, in prime time on Thursday night. Jonathan and Chadlack, I got two words for you in Manhattan. Go ahead. Luke and lobster. Luke's oh. lobster. The best I've ever seen. Check it out. If John McClain recommends Thank it, we do it. It's that we'll simple. Be, uh, Thank we'll you. Sending you a photo later tonight from there, John. Appreciate you. John McClain, the best. He's the best. Uh, and again, follow him on Twitter for uh, a great uh, coverage there at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. Coming up, we will check in with Paul Kuharski at the NFL Combine. He's got a uh, reaction to what happened at the podium this morning. Uh, news and notes, audio clips, and much more. We've got that for you. Plus, later, Arthur Smith will join him. But when we come back, Frank Reich has talked about Carson Wentz, and it, it's more optimistic than what his general manager said earlier today. That's next on Outkick 360. Maybe this is... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. A double down moment for Frank Reich? I'm not sure. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. Frank Reich admitted that uh, he stuck his neck out for Carson Wentz and why the Indianapolis Colts ultimately traded what was a first-round pick based on playing time. Um, to the Philadelphia Eagles in exchange for Wentz to play for his old coach in Philly. And Frank Wright went on to say that he still believes in Wentz and he feels like he's a work in progress just like everyone else. And added that he believes Wentz will have a future, will have future success, whether it's in Indy or elsewhere, but then continued to say that he hasn't had a Carson Wentz-specific conversation with Chris Ballard but Phil's Wentz being back is a logical decision. 
Um, this is interesting based on the little bit that we heard of Chris Ballard earlier today at the NFL Combine. Paul Koharski was there live as Ballard spoke to the media, and he joins us now at the Combine in Indy. Paul, what do you make of what Frank Wright just said about his quarterback compared to what his general manager said earlier today? Hey, boys. I'm, uh, I'm a little confused that, uh, or a little surprised, I should say, that Reich went as far as he went that way. Here, here's my interpretation, and I was talking to Mike Moreau, who, uh, who covers the team and the Indianapolis uh, stuff for Associated Press here in Indianapolis. I know him a bit back from when I covered the entire division. I feel like Ballard is the middleman here between Reich, a Carson Wentz guy, and Ursay, not at all a Carson Wentz guy. Ursay pissed off at the way things ended for the Colts at the end of the season and was pretty clear about it. Reich, more still in Wentz's corner, apparently, after what he said today. Um, surprisingly so for me. And Ballard saying, we're still discussing it. Uh, we haven't decided what we're going to do. He said he met with Carson Wentz and hour this morning at the team facility um, and had a good meeting about it. He said um, the criticism from you guys, most of it is pretty fair. Uh, I, I can't imagine that Reich would be agreeing with that based on his endorsement because the criticism has been pretty damn intense, right? It'll be interesting to see how he grows from this. I think he will. Uh, visited with Carson in my office today for an hour. It was really good. So uh, I feel like you've got uh, the three bears here, uh, cold, warm, and hot um, in Ursay, Ballard uh, being the, the warm, and, um, and, and Reich being the hot. Ursay, I think, ice cold. Um, and they've got some time to sort this out. I, I, Ballard spoke first, um, and I moved on from him. So I, I'm surprised after the fact that Reich uh, went as hard as he did. Um, but, I mean, he's already made the move, so he's, he's just sticking with what he did previously. And I think, guys, factoring in the lack of uh, viable alternatives. Well, I was, we can get to that in just a moment. But, Paul, I find it interesting. This is almost a similar situation to the tone, not the words, but the tone that the, the, both of these guys took in their postseason post press conferences. Frank Reich on, on hard knocks that went through their season, immediately after in the locker room, you know, he's, he's gathering up the team, and he's saying, you know, guys, sometimes it's just not our year. This is after they lost to Jacksonville, literally minutes after they lost out on the postseason where if they just beat Jacksonville, they're in. And he says, sometimes it's just not our year, where they, they collapse down the stretch. They started, as they, they, they started the same way that they finished the season. Um, and then you have Ballard the day after, two days after, uh, you know, cussing at the, at the podium at himself and, and the plan that they had in place and how it didn't work. Um, it, was a, it was not measured. And I felt like Reich was much more measured and sympathetic to what had happened Meanwhile, Ballard's not making any excuses. And while they weren't necessarily discussing Carson Wentz specifically, I think Ballard has always had the, you are exactly what your record says and how you performed. And Reich is looking at it saying, we were a better team than how things ended. And at some point, those roads cross, and there's one car that gets through and the other one doesn't. 
Yeah, and Ballard did offer up, you know, he said the ending was really bad, but he pointed out four other games during the year that they they could have or should have won. You know, Tampa Bay sure. ran all over us. We lost to the Titans in overtime. We lost to somebody else in overtime. We blew another one. You know, we could have easily not come down to that, that bad ending. But he did let out uh, a real exasperated sigh um, and a long pause when he was asked, you know, kind of about the end of the season and said, you know, it's, uh, something to the effect that it still really yeah. stings or chaps him and that he can't, uh, that he still thinks about it and is tortured tortured by it. Um, you know, no matter their relative moods, they don't have very long to decide on what they're doing here. And it's a somewhat obvious conclusion, like Reich said, uh, that it's going to be hard for them to find. It's not hard. Uh, like most fans know, to uh, in your head say we got to get up, get rid of this guy, and move on. It is hard to find uh, a viable uh, alternative. Unless it's just the ultimate poker face, you know, and he's trying to drive up some type of price. Paul, Paul, we're we're up against it, and we can get back into this in some of your news and notes from the combine, and so we'll check in with with Paul at the combine as we begin the next hour. Chad, I will say this though, um, you know, if it's if it's legit that they he's interested in bringing back Carson Wentz it may be because that massive splash that all-in guy either the price is too high or the team's not going to trade him and the two would be Rodgers or Wilson yeah not getting great feedback about Russell Wilson Aaron Rodgers or Kyler Murray I mean who knows who else right. could be who, out there exactly Tom Brady coming out of retirement well, I could think be initially any guys but and initially bottom a lot of line is said, he's not getting the right signals that he wants to land one of those guys and then you know also maybe not the offer but the circumstance uh, um, immediately when Mortensen had that report uh, Jimmy G and his na- his name was dropped to Indianapolis quite a bit and now news comes out today the same day that Reich says they're behind Carson Wentz or he would be that it's a logical decision to bring him back Jimmy G's having shoulder surgery or had it already this offseason. So uh, a lot to discuss, a lot other headlines, uh, many more coming from the NFL Combine with Paul Koharski. PK's got us covered there. We've got McCarthy discussing the Cowboys' focus, McDermott on the offensive tackle situation where it is offensive line, offensive line, offensive line for Buffalo this offseason. And we'll dive into some AFC South topics as well. Stay tuned. Final hour. From the NFL Combine and New York, straight ahead on OutKick 360.